This is Limitless Spirit, a practical, inspirational, and thought-provoking weekly podcast about the impact of faith and Christian identity in today's world. And now here's your host, champion of Jesus and people who love him, world traveler and co-founder of World Missions Alliance, Helen Todd. Welcome to this new episode of the Limitless Spirit podcast. I'm sure today you could use something other than the news on the spread of the coronavirus. So today we will talk about an interesting subject, the other side of forgiveness, asking for apology. Do you remember the catchphrase, love means never having to say you're sorry? Perhaps after today's episode, you will never use it again. Even in the best of relationships, we all make mistakes. We do and say things we later regret and we hurt the people we love most. And even though we deeply regret it in our heart, expressing this regret verbally sometimes can be extremely hard. If you take it a step further than a simple I'm sorry, it can not only restore important relationships in your life, but it can also promote emotional healing. Apology is a concept that has roots in the Word of God. For instance, James 5.16 describes asking for forgiveness as a foundation for healing. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. My guest today is Dr. Jennifer Thomas. She's a psychologist with a doctorate degree in clinical psychology from the University of Maryland. She helps people to know what to say in any situation. Wow, that's pretty exciting. She's also a best-selling author, a TED Talk speaker, and a leadership consultant. Dr. Jen enjoys teaching people what to say in challenging conversations. So together with Gary Chapman, the author of the Relationship Bible, so to speak, the book Five Languages of Love, she co-authored the book When Sorry Isn't Enough. Dr. Jen and Dr. Chapman conducted a groundbreaking study of how we give and receive apologies through interviewing over 45,000 people. Basically, they set out to find out what do people want to hear in an apology. So the book analyzes why certain apologies clear the path for emotional healing and reconciliation, while others fall desperately short. The art of apologizing is not easy, but it can be learned and it is worth the effort. I'm quoting a passage from the book. It goes on to say, apologizing opens up a whole new world of emotional and spiritual health. Having apologized, we're able to look at ourselves in the mirror, look people in the eyes and worship God in spirit and in truth. And here is my personal favorite. It is those who truly apologize are most likely to be truly forgiven. So today we will talk with Dr. Jen about what does it mean to truly apologize? Hello, Jennifer. Thank you for being with us on the Limitless Spirit podcast. Oh, I'm glad to be with you today. So you wrote a very interesting book on a very important subject, the subject of apology and mastering the art of apology. Let's first establish why apology is so essential to us personally and also as a society. Well, my co-author, Gary Chapman, and I have seen that when there's an offense, it creates a barrier between us and the other person. It's like a roadblock in the middle of our relationship. And we really need to have apologies that hit the mark 
so that they're effective in taking away that roadblock between us. And what Gary Chapman and I observed is that a lot of apologies come at it from the wrong angle in that we tend to offer apologies that come from our own scripts, from our childhood. But what we want to encourage people to do is to stop and to think about what the other person might really be waiting for us to say or do. So if we don't apologize, how is that roadblock traumatic to us? Well, the problem is that the roadblocks build up over time. If you think of them as bricks and a wall, it may start off small and it may not seem that significant, but over time, it gets to where we really can't see each other, we can't hear each other, and what we need to do is to have a method that will help us be able to take down that wall piece by piece. That's what apologies do. And then hopefully the other person might be willing to forgive us, although that's not guaranteed. And we can begin to restore trust after we have an apology that hits the mark. In your book, you mentioned that apology helps us heal emotionally, also being able to apologize. How does that work? Right. Well, it's very validating for us. If someone has hurt us and then they act like it's no big deal. They may say things to us like, you're too sensitive, or why can't you just forgive and forget? It's time to move on. But the fact is, if they've done something that was hurtful, they really need to acknowledge that, and an apology is the best way to do that. And so they're letting us know that they understand what they did isn't okay. And so one thing we say is apologizing It doesn't mean if you accept their apology that you're going to just forgive and forget. You're actually saying when you apologize, I recognize this was a big deal. It was not okay. And I want to ask if you'd be willing to take the burden of what I did or, or take the cost of that off of me and have it not be between us anymore. So when we ask someone to forgive us, we're actually asking for quite a lot. So apology is healing to the person who was wronged. Do you also think it is healing to the person who is apologizing? I do. I've found in my own life, for example, that one of our apology languages, which is the request for forgiveness, can be very healing. When we've done something wrong, we, we might say, oh, I'm sorry, or oh, I wish I hadn't done that. But we're left wondering, did they accept that or are they still mad at me? In my case, for example, I'm really bad with names. And so I remember that I saw a neighbor when I was at the local pizza parlor some time ago and I flubbed up her name. I shouldn't have even tried. I mixed her up with a mom at the school. And she was very gracious about it and we went on. But I found that night I was still kind of beating myself up over it. And I thought, oh, if I had only used one of our apology languages, which is requesting forgiveness, if I had said, oh, I'm so sorry, Shirley, that I forgot your name. Will you please forgive me for that? She probably would have laughed at it and said, oh, yes, I'm terrible with names too, or something like that, that would have really served me well and would have helped me to not be thinking about it later that night. Do you also feel that apology is important to our spiritual health? I do. You know, we read in uh, Matthew 5, verse 22 and 23, verses 22 and 23, that God says, before you come to my altar, first, I want you to go. And if you have something between you and a brother or sister, I want you to make that right. 
And here's what's really challenging about that. If you study the passage, think about, are we supposed to realize when we go to the altar what hurts have been done to us or what we've done to other people? And what I realized is challenging is that what I'm thinking about and carrying with me are often where I've been hurt. But we're supposed to be thinking about where we've hurt others. And with that problem of the speck and the log in our eye, that's just not as clear to me. I'm much more likely to minimize what I've done wrong and to make a big deal of what other people have done that's hurtful. But absolutely, we're commanded to realize where we have hurt someone else or been insensitive, even if we didn't do it intentionally, if the result was that they were hurt, we are to make that right with them and then go to God at the altar. So we have determined that it is important to us on every level, but now how do we practically do it? So you say that when it comes to apologies, saying sorry is just not enough. So why do you feel it's not enough? Right. Well, we came up with that concept that sorry isn't enough because in my own marriage, I was saying, I'm sorry to my husband. And he thought that kind of stank that I wasn't accepting responsibility was his main concern with it. And yet I felt like I was. So we were at an impasse. And what I learned is that for JT, my husband, that he really wanted to hear something different and an apology. And it made me curious about what other people are looking for in apologies as well. Sometimes it is hard to know how to apologize. So how do we know what is appropriate to say in the apology? Because it's probably going to be different for each person. Right. So Gary Chapman and I got curious about this. What is it that that really works for people? Or what are those magic words that worked with their parents or their teachers for them to get out of the doghouse? And so we asked people a couple of questions, and these are things that your listeners can ask their family members or colleagues as well. The questions are, when you hear a really bad apology, what is missing? And then the opposite side of that, what do you think makes for a good apology? And the chances are that their answer will be showing you some part of what we've called now their apology language. And what we found is that their answers fell into five different categories. Now, you know, Gary Chapman wrote the five love languages, but I promise we weren't looking for five. It was just a coincidence that we found these five different... Or a God incident. (laughs) Uh, But these five different ways of saying my bad, really, when we want to acknowledge that we've done something wrong. And we can think of them as five steps towards a great apology. And if you're apologizing to a group or someone whose apology language you don't know, our advice is to use all five of these apology languages that we'll go into. You have an interesting quiz on your website. And so I decided to go ahead and take this quiz. I was very curious and the results of it surprised me. And then I thought maybe I just didn't take enough time to ponder each hypothetic situation. But it mentions that one of the languages of apology is the sincere apology. Am I correct? 
Well, we're all looking for sincerity and apologies, um, but there. So, yeah, that's my question is, isn't that like the root of all the languages of apology? Yes, it is. Do you have your results there where you can reach them and read it off to me? It took me by surprise, to be honest. So let me see if I can pull them up. Well, um, I, I'm okay. having trouble pulling up. Oh, maybe not. I was surprised by the results of it. So here it is. Oh, drum roll, please. Drum roll. <laughs> so the score, the high score was make restitution. And it had the score of seven. And then number five, score of five was accept responsibility. And the same score of five was expressing regret. And then, oh, there it is. Number two was genuinely repent. And number one was request forgiveness. Oh. What do you think about that? So when you say number one was request forgiveness, do you mean you had one item for that? Or that was your yeah, biggest? Yeah, one, that was four one. Okay. So it sounds like your primary apology language was the first one you mentioned, which is making restitution or making amends. And then you have two that followed behind with five each. And those are our first two apology languages and the two that we found are most common. We found that about 40% of people most want to hear either expressing regret, that's saying, I'm sorry, like I do, or accepting responsibility, which is saying, I was wrong. I'm not going to make an excuse. I plead guilty. So, you know, I like I said, I was uh, surprised because, you know, as I think of myself, what would I really want to hear from a person who is apologizing? I think what I want to hear is, you know, a person genuinely repenting. But then I thought, like, that's what everybody wants. <laughs> and it's true in the sense that we all like all five of these to some degree. And there are a lot of parallels with the five love languages. If you think about those, are there any you don't like? Well, no, I, I like them all. Bring them on. But the important thing is not to leave out what the person most wants to hear. And so what I notice in your results is that you like to see some action along with the words. When we make amends to someone, we're saying, I'm not just going to tell you I was wrong. I'm not just going to tell you I was sorry. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and make you whole again. Well, and maybe it has something to do with, you know, being in a leadership position in an organization. Sometimes what makes me feel wrong doesn't affect just me personally. It affects the work that I'm doing. <laughs> and so that's where I want to see action because it doesn't just affect me. It affects many other people. Right. But it was very interesting. And we are going to have a link to this quiz in the show notes. And I hope that our readers can test that too, because I think it's very important to understand what your apology language is. And that kind of helps you understand other people. Exactly. Better. Yes. And our hope is that as we learn these about the people who are close to us, that we'll be able to give apologies that are really going to hit the mark not just for what comes to our mind, but for what they're really waiting to hear or to see. Because as we said, sincerity is the key thing. And we believe if you know the person's apology language, there's a better chance that your sincere regret and remorse will come through. That's very true. 
Well, that was a really, really good stuff. Not to mention that I have discovered and publicly exposed what my apology language is. So hopefully my husband is listening to this episode. In the next episode, we will continue the conversation with Dr. Jen and talk about whether it is better to say in an apology, I'm sorry, or I was wrong. And what to do if you have apologized, but the person is still upset with you. And how to use the concept of apology languages in our marriage, relationships, and work environment. Chuck and I have been married for 26 years, but I really feel that my way of apologizing can use improvement. So I'm really looking forward to this next episode. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Limitless Spirit with Helen Todd, produced by World Missions Alliance. Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone? Do you have a passion to help people and share your faith across the globe? Visit our website, rfwma.org, and get involved in the Great Commission through short-term missions. We hope you'll leave a review and check out other episodes. We'll be with you in a week on our next episode of Limitless Spirit.